Good morning, everyone. Thank you, and welcome to our Saturday morning service at 1030. Um, we're live at Home Church, woohoo! on the final leg of quarantine. Praise God forevermore. Uh, how many of you have enjoyed this time? Uh, eight out of 10 Americans says, uh, say they have, and I know we have. It's been a concentrated time. Stuff has been broken up. Uh, it's been a time of growth and development, being rooted and grounded in love and in the Word of God and in prayer. I believe more Americans are praying right now more than the history of this nation. So um, God works all things together for good for those who love him and hold his purpose and prayer firm. So praise God uh, that this can be a blessed time for you as well, that it's ending and I'm still standing April 29th. Things open back up, business as usual, business is better again, I should say. And I firmly believe that this is the rebirth of the United States of America, the rebirth of the United States. Uh, we've seen labor pains, we've seen growth pains, and I believe the U.S. is laboring. God is removing people out of political offices from the burden, from the stress, for whatever the cause may be, um, and placing the righteous. The Bible says, when the righteous reign, the people rejoice, but when the wicked reign, the people mourn. So praise God, the righteous are raising up and taking their places in government, taking their places in authority, taking their places in positions of companies. And we are literally seeing the rebirth of America. And I love it. I have news for you, good news for you, that the best is ahead. And you ain't seen nothing yet. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow for those of us who believe in all is well in the household of faith. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Where two or three are gathered, you're here in our midst. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you said in Revelation, you walk amongst the candlesticks, the churches. So I thank you for dwelling in our midst today. Give us revelation knowledge from your word. Let it go unforth and unchecked from any outside force or hindrance. And Lord, we just endeavor right now to cast the whole of our care over on you. For you care for us and you are our perfect caretaker. We release any burdens, any stress, any cares, financial, health, any cares whatsoever relationally in Jesus' precious name over on you, our merciful and faithful high priest who is faithful to take every care we give him. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see. I ask for that spirit, that fresh spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of thee. And if you agree with that, say amen. Amen. I'd like to start by taking up our offering. We take a weekly offering, praise God, for the ministry. And we've started some outreaches, praise God, which are, which are growing and, and going. Um, we started Chariots of Light, OC chapter, yay, in Orange County here. So that's an evangelism outreach. And we, we had our first ride yesterday. Um, so praise God. God is good. And uh, there's a lot of things taking place and changing right now for the best. Uh, new birth. There's a lot of uh, businesses being birthed right now, a lot of ideas and witty inventions being birthed in the quiet place, in the preparation period which we've been in. So I just thank the Lord for it. Amen. So praise God. Say the gift is in me and I'm going to bring it out in Jesus name more than ever right now. So praise God, praise God. I like to read from Malachi. Actually this week we've had more offerings and tithes come in before the service than we have in the five years of this ministry. So thank you for all our supporters and loved ones um, blessing us. Um, that just tells me that this ministry is blessed. The partners of this ministry are blessed financially and they keep on increasing. If that's you, you can comment right there on Facebook and say, yeah, that's me. I've increased during famine. So praise God for that power of partnership and agreement. We love you guys and we couldn't do it without you. Thank you. I want to read from Malachi 3 on the tithe and just give your tithers uh, rewards and rights here in Malachi 3. Malachi 3.8 says, Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, In what way have we robbed you? 
In tithes and offerings, God says, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. You think the coronavirus was even allowed in uh, through being a non-tithing nation? I think it said that only 20% of churchgoers are tithers. Um, the, the government just went into a $4.4 trillion deficit. I am fully convinced that if the government ties and they actually teach tithing principles and come back to the word of God and teach it in the schools as well, that we will be a debt-free nation, amen? Uh, God will supernaturally wipe out your debts as a tither. It's promised to you in the word of God that you have covenant with God as you enter into the tithe. And that word tithe in Hebrew literally means the tenth or, te or 10 cents on every dollar. We tip waiters more than that, don't we? But a curse has been allowed in this nation because I, I, I believe through the lack of tithing. The Bible says it clearly right here. You're cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's God's house. That's your local church, the storehouse where you get fed, that there may be food in my house. See, it's where you get fed. There should be meat in your house, in the local church, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. The only verse in the Bible God asks you to try him in is pertaining to the tithe, 10% of all your increase. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. That's the Lord of Seboeth, heaven's armies. See, heaven's armies is at the disposal of the tither. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, say such blessing, such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. See, the tither is blessed to be a blessing, just like our father Abraham was. He was a tither, the original tither, amen? And he was blessed to be a blessing, and there's no exception with us. Us, the tithing people, the tithers, are blessed to be blessings. There will not be room enough for you to receive it for yourself. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. The only verse in the Bible promise, is promised to the tither that God himself is going to do something about Satan himself. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, the thief who comes to steal, kill, steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said in John 10, 10, so that he will not destroy. Get it? He's the thief. He's the destroyer. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Well, I claim my tither's rights every day, and our business is flourishing now more than ever. Uh, I know that it's not coincidence. Actually, that word coincidence actually means the root word is coincides. There's always a reason to the season. Amen? And we're experiencing harvest and famine because we're habitual tithers and habitual sowers. And God's not a respecter of persons. He's just a respecter of faith. So if you'll do the word, you'll be blessed as well. Amen? It's not the hearer that's blessed in his hearing, the Bible says. It's the doer that's blessed in his doing, the Bible says. So you have to be a doer of the word for it to work for you. And praise God, it'll work for anybody who'll work it. Amen? Amen. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. That's the work of your hand, your job, your business. Anything you put your hand to will continue to prosper. Says the Lord of hosts, heaven's armies again, and all nations will call you blessed, the tithing nation, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of Saboeth. You will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. This is the tither's promise that I keep in my back pocket at all times. When famine comes, when stress comes, when persecution comes, when affliction and tribulation come, I claim our tither's rights. 
It's not touching our accounts. It's not touching my business or ministry. It will not touch my household. I have tithers rights in Jesus precious name. Can I get an amen? Tithers rights are a great thing to have. I'm just going to read from 2 Corinthians. This is the verse that changed my life financially other than the tithe. I kept this on my phone at work at Whole Foods making $14 an hour and worked this verse every day. I would wake up saying, Lord, where can I sow into today? Show me someone to give into today. Where can I sow? And I just memorized this verse. I had it on my phone and, I, and the Lord just trained me in this verse. And he kept raising me up higher and higher. And praise God, he'll do the same for you. Again, he's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Well, that's spiritual law. And the rest of this verse as well. You can't break away from this law. Whatever you sow, you reap. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow a little time into others and into your friendships and relationships, your relationships might suffer. If you sow significant time into others, love into others, your relationships will flourish. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So if you're a bountiful sower, you have a bountiful harvest. And when famine comes, it's not going to hit your bank accounts. It's going to hit the harvest. Hey, did you get that? When famine comes, when, when test trials and affliction comes, if you're a sower of seed, it's going to hit the harvest and not your bank accounts. Amen? He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully, so that each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Don't, any, don't let any minister, don't let any charity, any hospital, any donation center, any man or woman make you give. That's unscriptural. You're not to be giving under pressure, the Bible says. He says, you will let each one give as he purposes in his own heart. See, this is before you and God, amen? You're literally giving to the Lord and you cannot give God. You're not giving to man. When the Lord tells me to sow a seed, a significant seed to some ministry or someone, he's my source, I'm looking to him, and because I'm obedient, I'm receiving reciprocation from him alone. I'm not looking to man as my source. I'm not looking to man for my harvest even. I'm looking to him. He brings about the harvest, amen? Because he was the one who commanded me to give. So I commune with him, Lord, where should I give? What should I do here? And he leads me. And he'll lead you as well. And he's in charge of your harvest. He's in charge of your seed, as we'll see. And he's in charge of your harvest. So that each one give as he purposes in his own heart. Not grudgingly or of necessity, or under pressure. For God loveth a cheerful giver. This has to be done in a quiet place, in the place of peace and joy. God loveth a cheerful giver. That's when it will bear fruit in your life. And God is able. Say, God is able. <laughs> God is able. God is able. Not man. God is able. He'll use man, but God is your source. God is able to make all grace, that word grace, favor, all favors abound toward you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things. See, God's not against stuff. The church has been, but God is not. May have an abundance for every good work. What's the purpose of this prosperity? Good works to move the gospel forward, to give to the poor, the widow, the homeless, the needy, the orphan. Good works. 
This prosperity he brings is for good works. He has dispersed abroad as it is written. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. And verse 10. Now may he, Jesus Christ himself, who supplies seed to the sower. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 are talking about money here. Paul is talking about physical wealth. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, money, and bread for food, he'll supply the seed you have for sowing purposes, and he'll also provide your every need during that position and time period of seed time and harvest. He'll meet all your needs. And bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are being enriched in everything. So don't stop sowing and don't stop reaping. While you are being enriched in everything. Say everything. See, God is not against things. It says everything. Everything for all. Say all. All liberality. Not just for good works now, but for your personal freedom and well-being and satisfaction. Amen? That's how big God is. That's how much he wants to bless us. Which causes thanksgiving through us to God. I don't know about you, but when money comes in and the more I prosper and my family is well-fed, well-clothed and prosperous and we're flourishing, the more I give God praises. I don't know about you. Because I know that James says every good gift And every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, which is above. Wealth and prosperity are of God. The Jews get this. They celebrate their prosperity. Psalms declares over and over, we should worship the Lord and celebrate, who takes great pleasure in the prosperity of his servants, much more sons and daughters, princes and princes and princesses on this earth under the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So can I give an amen? Amen. So we thank you again for everyone who supports this ministry and sowing seed. We stand with you for a hundredfold return, as Mark says, that's promised in the word. 30, 60, hundredfold return harvest on all your seed you've sown into the gospel. And we give God all the praises for it that it's coming to pass on your behalf. Amen. Psalm 37, if you'd like to turn there with me. This message is called Declaring the Favor of God, and we're going to go into part two. Now, and uh, more than ever, it's a good time to start declaring the favor of God and putting your faith in the favor of God like never before, because the favor of God will see you through, give you promotions. It's already gone ahead of you and preparing that perfect job for you. When this system opens back up, April 29th, May 1st, praise God forevermore, and I firmly believe Disneyland will be open by June 1st. I'm standing on that as well. Uh, the world does need entertainment. It's just not supposed to rule your life. Statistically speaking, suicide rates and divorce rates are about 20 to 80, what is it, 20% lower within cities and counties that have their own baseball team. Amen? So God's not against entertainment and you enjoying your life. It's just not supposed to rule and run your life. Amen? So don't get lost in it. But uh, it does society and homes uh, some good. Amen? (laughs) You're supposed to enjoy the one you're with. Amen? Psalm 37 And I'm going to read uh, Psalm 37, 32 through 38 in the Living Bible. I just like that translation when it comes to Psalm 37. It says, Evil men spy on the godly, waiting for an excuse to accuse them, and then demanding their death. But the Lord will not let these evil men succeed. 
nor let the godly be condemned when they are brought before the judge. Don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep traveling steadily along his pathway, and in due season, say due season, he will honor you with every blessing. And you will see the wicked destroyed. That's a promise from God. Governor Newsom, he's going to either have to turn or burn. Amen. <laughs> the Bible promises over and over again to you, the believer, you'll see the wicked destroyed in your lifetime and before your face. I myself have seen it happen. A proud and evil man towering like a cedar of Lebanon. But when I looked again, he was gone. Uh, if Bill Gates keeps speaking uh, death over this nation, uh, he's going to be gone real fast. That's the Bible. Amen. He was gone. I searched but could not find him. But the good man, what a different story. For the good man, the blameless, the upright, the man of peace, he has a wonderful future ahead of him. If you're in Jesus Christ, this verse says, your future is bright ahead of you. The wicked are coming to an end. The rebirth of this nation has begun. And he's exalting some of you to positions of leadership and authority like never before. Can I get an amen, somebody? For him, there is a happy ending. But evil men shall be destroyed, and their posterity, or wealth even, shall be cut off from them. Evil men with great masses of wealth, controlled by Satan himself, are going to be cut off and their wealth will be transferred to the household of God. That's just what the Bible says, and you're going to see it. Grace. Grace. The definition of grace in the Bible, whenever you see grace, is literally undeserved favor. Grace is undeserved favor. We live by faith through grace, undeserved favor. We didn't make our own lives. We didn't create ourselves. God did through his mercy and through his grace. Amen. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So we live by faith through his grace, his undeserved favor. Say this with me. Say, all grace, all favor abounds to me today. Like we just read in 2 Corinthians 9. Say this with me. I have the best job I've ever had. God has prepared a favored position for me. A position which I thoroughly enjoy. See, Jesus took the curse of toiling for mankind when they placed the crown, the crown of thorns upon his head. It was to represent the curse that came into the Garden of Eden where man would have to toil and labor in anguish just to make a living instead of working to make a giving. Jesus relieved us from that curse. You're going to like your work. You're supposed to like your work. You're supposed to fall in love with what you do. Just don't make it first place. Keep God first and everything else will flourish. If God's not first, he's last. And your life will suffer because of it. If this nation, many ministers, many men and women of God told President Trump before even entering the White House that you're going to have to become a man of prayer, a Christian man, to even survive the White House. And he did. And he yielded. And people say he's prayed more in that Oval Office than any president that's ever been in there. And he's had more prayer groups in there than any other president that's ever been in there. Praise God for a praying 
president who I believe speaks in other tongues, praying the perfect will of God onto the earth. But if we don't live by God's principles and do what the word says, man's plans, man's actions will always fail. The word is steadfast, true, and forever. His plan never fails. If you are a doer and a worker of the word, it will work on your behalf. And those in positions of government, if you adopt the word, hear the word, and be a doer of the word, it will work for the people of the United States of America. Guaranteed. So you got the best job you've ever had. Amen. God has prepared a favored position for you, a position which you thoroughly enjoy. Psalm 30, 5 through 7 says this, In his favor is life. In the favor of the Lord is life. Weeping may endure for just a night or just a moment, but joy cometh in the morning. Now in my prosperity I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong, unwavering from any circumstance on the outside. Psalm 512 says this, Surely, Lord, you have blessed the righteous. That word blessed in Hebrew literally means empowered to prosper. Surely, Lord, you have empowered to prosper the righteous. With favor, you surround him as with a shield. Wherever you go today and for the rest of your life, know that a shield of favor surrounds you at all times. You walk into a job interview, you got it. You're the favored one. You're out of business. That business is flourishing. I got news because you're there, the favored one. The favor of God surrounds you as with a shield. Remember to say that to yourself every morning you wake up before you leave the house. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out, which means I'm more blessed coming back in. The favor of God surrounds me as with a shield. Luke 2.52, like we read last week, says Jesus grew. Jesus himself grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So say this with me. I'm growing in favor too. If Jesus can grow, so can I. Say, I'm growing in the favor of God. I have favor with God and man at unprecedented levels that I've never even seen before. Amen. The best is ahead of you. Favor confession. We said this last week. I just want to get it in our spirits. Say this with me. Father, I thank you that I have your favor. Your favor is opening doors of opportunity and bringing success into my life. Your favor always causes me to be at the right place at the right time and is causing people to want to help me. Thank you that I'm growing in favor and that it encompasses me as with a shield. I live favor-minded. God's blessings constantly chase me down and overtake me. I urge you to write that confession down and say it every day of your life. Your life will, it will guarantee to be changed if you're saying that in your lips. Amen. And Amos 9.13. <laughs> this was the verse the Lord gave us in 2013 before we had three kids real fast when we moved back from Maui into Orange County here. Our promised land. Amen. Amos 9.13, and I love this in the message paraphrase. And I'm just speaking this word over your house, over your family, and over this nation. And wherever you are in the world, I speak this over you as well because you're the blessing there as well. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. 
This is a word from God. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other, you won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once, and everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything, say everything, everything right again, right again. When the righteous reign, the people rejoice. I'll make everything right again. And I can't get away that this is the rebirth of this nation. I'll make everything right again for my people. America was founded out of a people's love for God. Israel was founded for God's love for a people. We're in covenant, amen? We'll always be in covenant with God. God will never turn his back on the United States of America. They'll rebuild their ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their own gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And I will plant them, plant them on their own land. God is the master gardener, as we've read through other verses, the master sower of seed, the master reaper, the master harvester. I will plant you, plant you on your own land. You'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given you, God your God says so. Isn't that a timely and powerful verse? <laughs> that verse just blesses me so much. And let's just agree in prayer together and just say this out loud with me as well. Thank you, Father, that you are opening doors for me that no man can shut. Thank you for causing people to be kind to me and to help assist me. You make a way for me where there seems to be no way. And Lord, we give you all the praises. I give you all the glory for all the work that's been done these last two months in my life and in my family, in my place of business. God, you have been preparing the stage for me, the godly. And I give you all the praises for it that the unrighteous are dethroned, cast down from their positions of leadership, and that I, the righteous, and the righteous others are now raised up in this time to prominent positions in this nation and in the nation in which I live. Lord, use me. Here am I. Fill me, Holy Spirit, with a fresh baptism and a fresh infilling. Fill me full. You know, you're not going to need drugs or alcohol. The Holy Spirit will put you on a high that there's no low from, that you can't come down from. I did pretty much every drug, and I was addicted to alcohol as well and nicotine. The Holy Spirit will give you perfect peace and comfort and give you a high in life, a joy in life, a fervency in life that you can never come down from because he's the all in all. And he always has your best in mind. Drink freely of the Holy Ghost today and the word of life. Say, Father, I receive you and I receive your precious promise. I receive your son, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I receive you afresh this morning. Come on in with the evidence of speaking in new tongues. Holy Spirit, operate your gifts through me. Use me for these last times. The end 
of the age of men on the earth. Make me an instrument and a vessel for your purposes and plan. If you meant that, he'll come in and he'll fill your house with joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't let Satan steal your joy. If he can't steal your joy, he can't take your goods, he can't take your health, he can't take your wealth or your family. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So I pronounce that upon you and everyone watching today. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It's time to rejoice. The rebirth of this nation is taking place and he has good things for you ahead. I'm Elisha Bonanzi. I approve this message. (laughs) 